This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back to the Grace Deep Dive Podcast with John and Johnny. I uh, hope you're having a good week so far and uh, things are going well. Not you, John. I hope, well, I hope you're having a great week so as you well. Don't want, you don't want things to go well for I'm me. I'm more concerned about those. You know, by the way, they say, you know, they, they say that there's this whole introduction that we play at the beginning of the podcast. Like it's Let's like, say John and Johnny. This is John and, you know, my name's John, my name's Johnny. But thanks for the introduction. Yeah, well, so it's the Grace Deep Dive Reiteration Podcast. Reiteration Podcast. We just say things over and over again. Right. So, so welcome buckle back. up for the next yeah. 30 minutes because this is what you're going to get. Exactly. Uh, times two. Uh, yeah. So we are actually still in the sermon series, God Questions. We are. This week was, uh, is Jesus really God? That's that's the question. And you know what? Actually, you you kind of made some, some points to where you really have to really answer this question, especially if you're a believer or not a believer, especially if you're not a believer. But even if you're a believer, we do a lot of things where we might say a prayer at the very end, we'll say in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. And man, if, if Jesus isn't God, then <laughs> yeah, that's a big, then you made a big a waste of time. Well, not, not even that too. I mean, but you're in big trouble because yeah. you're, you're ascribing God honoring glory. That's right. To a, a to a mere man essentially. Yeah, that's right. And that's not, a, that's not a good thing. So we need to really be careful when we, when we address this question, is Jesus really God? And it's very important. There's a yeah. lot of things that, that, um, Affect it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's not, then that, that matters a lot. Yeah, like, right. We're, we're, we're committing all kinds of sin if he's not because we're worshiping a false god. And if he is, that makes all the difference in the world as well. So, and not only are we right to worship him, but then, you know, his sacrifice on the cross actually means something. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, this is actually a really confusing topic anyways, because when you think about Jesus being God. Yeah. Okay. That's a no brainer per se, maybe. Well, depends. Maybe not a no brainer, yeah. but the, I think the, the stumbling block for, for me and maybe others is he's God and he's man. Yeah. He's both. Yeah. So that's, that's, it's confusing how it can, they can go together. And so let's go ahead and jump right in. So what, what portion of Jesus is divine? What portion of Jesus is divine? Yeah. I I, I think that's the wrong question. Okay. Um, You know, the question is, I don't think we should, we should, it's not like there's one portion of him that's divine and there's one portion, portion of him that's human. Think, think of it this way. He's, he's the eternal divine son of God, right? So he is from, from, uh, from eternity past, he has existed and he continues to exist. Um, and he's always had his divine nature, right? That's always been, been, been part of him. And so when he took on human flesh, it wasn't an issue of subtraction. It was an issue of addition, if you think of it that way. And so he was adding a nature to the nature he already had. So he had all of both natures completely and fully. So there's nothing. So, so in other words, now, if there was a contradiction between those two natures, now he limited himself, uh, Philippians two talks about him limiting himself, right. And when it says he emptied himself and took on, um, uh, human nature, there's a limiting of of saying, I'm not going to exercise my divine privilege. Um, but all, all the things necessary to be human, he had. And all the things necessary to be divine, he had those two. There's nothing contradictory about those two things. Do you think there's points that where he didn't know? I mean, I mean, he, you know, he, maybe did he did he limit his power? Did he limit his knowledge? Uh, what what did he limit? Yeah, he he limited his divine privilege is the way I like to talk about it. So so in other words, uh, you know, can he does he have access to to all knowledge? All, all knowledge? Yeah. How do, how does that? 
play in his interaction when he was here. You know, we have those clear passages where it says only a father knows, uh, you know, the time of his return in, in, in places like Acts 2 and Matthew 24 and places like that. Um, and so so we have those 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 passages. So clearly he's limiting his own access to uh, to to divine knowledge, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have it, have, have the capability of that. He's not exercising it, if that makes sense. He could, he could probably access it if he wanted to, yeah, potentially. And, and, it wasn't and, like he and was I'm trying clueless. to think like if I'm committing some kind of heresy by phrasing it that way, I don't think so, but, um, but I think that's, I feel free to write in and correct me mm-hmm. on that. But, um, yeah, so I, I would say he, you know, all of his divine privilege, all of the things that he has the privilege of exercising, he doesn't always exercise them. So that's, that's you know, when you even think about it now, I mean, he's, I mean, I would imagine he's still currently fully God and his added still. He, absolutely. Human. Cause he's got, yeah, his divine. He's not going to change. He, that. He's, he's not risen re- physically. And that's part of the human side, the physical aspect. Right. And he's going to remain, he's going to remain that way, mm-hmm. which is quite impressive. It uh, is impressive. Honestly, it's, and it's very, it, it kind of blows your mind because, you know, he was fully God. And fully divine and everything was great. Yeah. And then he adds this humanity element to him uh-huh. that doesn't go away. Yeah. You would think, okay. He doesn't well, give that up, right? Yeah, he doesn't give it up. And that, to me, that kind of blows my mind in the sense of, you know, okay, you did what you needed to do. Now, I, I would understand you'd want to go back to your full, you know, no addition. Yeah. Well, and I, and I don't think it's it's necessarily the case that he forever and ever limits all his divine Oh no, he's fully yeah. No, but he also has the added still, the yeah. added humanity. Yeah, which is still quite interesting. I I would feel like he'd mm-hmm. want to get rid of that as soon as possible because he's God. Well, because but but our experience with our humanity is one of fallen humanity, right? Okay. And so his experience is is uh, not he doesn't have the fallen sin nature, right? In in his in his human humanity, he has humanity as it was intended to be by God. Um, and so I think that's really important to understand that, um, you know, you know, that, that, that we don't, we, we do not experience really, uh, unfallen humanity in the sense that we carry around our sin nature and, and, and we, and he doesn't, he didn't carry that around. Gotcha. So that's what I was going to ask you about that. Um, he didn't in- inherit a sinful nature. Yeah, obviously. Right. So he, God gave him or got it added or he received a perfect nature, perfect, perfect human, nature. human nature or an unfallen one. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. One, one without original sin. And so, yeah. And so that's, that's, um, so could he have sinned though? I mean, if could he have sinned? Yeah. I mean, well, because he had a perfect nature. Sure. Well, I guess, I guess Adam sure. and did. Yeah. He, he could have in one sense and perhaps not in another, but, um, but we're doomed to sin. Well, we're doomed to our fallen nature, yeah. yeah. And he didn't have that, right? But Adam and Eve weren't doomed didn't to a fallen it, nature, yeah. and they sinned, right? Yeah. So, so it's it's when we ask the question, could he have sinned? It's not because he lacked a fallen nature that that would not prevent him necessarily from sinning. But carrying that fallen nature, um, kind of you put doomed, but it does it does put in us that fallen nature, and and we will sin because of that. We live, we exist. Yeah, in, in we're sinful, 100% going to. a sinful nature. Yeah. Well, I guess the reason why I ask that is because it, it wouldn't seem like a worthy sacrifice to me to me if Jesus had no option of sinning. I mean, I would imagine. Right. So it's kind of cool that he still was able to, even though he had a perfect human nature. Yeah. He still. Well, and that's a tricky question, right? Because he can't operate outside of his own nature. And so he did have that divine nature. And I, if he had sinned. 
would he have been divine? And I think that no, that's, yeah. that's a, you know, that's where you go, well, no. So he was um, going. Or at least he would have had to operate outside of his own nature. But that doesn't mean he didn't experience real temptation. Sure. I, I, we, we ought not think that. And so, and so how does all that work? It gets kind of hard and confusing and, and, and maybe we might not be able to come with, come uh, up with a totally satisfactory and answer. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. Um, but, but we ought not say, well, he didn't really experience temptation. No, he absolutely did. And the author of Hebrews makes that, makes that clear. Gotcha. So that's the, the cool thing is, is once he came on the scene, we knew there was hope in this man. That's right. Yeah. yeah because absolutely. he was going to do it. Or man and God this divine. The, yeah. Well, he's, he's a man. Yeah. You can say this man, but yeah. But no, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Dave from our church, I don't know if you know Dave. Yeah. I, I know you know Dave. Um, I know Dave. He was asking, is uh, is Mary's humanity, was that imparted to him? Or I'm assuming no. I'm assuming there's a different humanity. I don't know, because oh. she had a fallen nature. Yeah. And so if he, if he was re- given a, a, a new nature. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I would say, actually, yes, I would say that. that um, so, so a couple of things. One of the, you know, the question you're asking, I think, uh, or implying and, you know, where did he get his human nature? I would say absolutely it was Mary. Um, that's where, that's part of where that came from, right? You know, we don't understand the, the interaction totally, um, but, you know, it was uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, impregnating Mary and, and so there's and, and, and however that worked and so Mary Mary passed on that human nature sure absolutely that's that's I don't think that's an but issue I was able to restore that well no I wouldn't say restore it but so here's here's the theory here's how the here's how the here's how theologians often work this out what they would say is that is that uh, the sin nature is passed on through through the man and since there was no man involved um, then then the sin nature wasn't wasn't passed on. Gotcha. If that makes sense, and so and so that's how that's how a lot of theologians will work that out. There, there's there, there's probably some other theories out there, but uh, you know I think that one that one's sufficient. I don't know that we have to have all the details on how that works out, but uh, but yeah, I think you can say yeah, uh, his the human nature came through Mary. There was no no fallen nature because there was no there was no man involved. Mm, okay, well and yeah, exactly, which is which works in some ways because. A man is always going to be involved normally. Yes. So, and and why it came through the curse came through Adam, the seed yes. of Adam. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. Well, and, and you read and you read in in several places in Romans and First Corinthians, Paul Paul makes mention of this often. You know, uh, uh, through through one Adam came sin and death, and through another Adam, so Jesus is like the second Adam, if you will, mm-hmm. came life. And so, so it makes sense in what Scripture teaches too. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's not just kind of a theory completely out of thin air, uh, you know, uh, scripture talks about, about, you know, death and sin coming through Adam and then being reconciled through Jesus. The yeah. Being Adam. reconciled through oh, Jesus that makes Christ. Sense, actually. I mean, it's not necessarily that the Adam was the problem that the, the woman is not the problem. It's right. just, it, it yes. just comes through let's, the, yeah, yeah, it just goes through the seed of Adam. Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be clear. Women don't get, you know, we don't have to like, they're not, they're, they're, they're not, they're not as perfect as they want to think they are. And, you know, we all know men are screwed up, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, uh, yeah. Men are probably a little more messed up, but the, well, the, the woman's not yet. She, yeah. She's yeah. got some problems too. Um, uh, Mark chapter 14, you're taught, you mentioned this, this, uh, passage in, mm-hmm. I, I think it was the, the, was it the Pharisee or you said it was the uh, high priest maybe that was looking, accusing Jesus or asking him, are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah to come? And when he said, yes, I am, I am him. Um, they picked up stones to stone him. 
Uh, well, well, yeah, I think you're confusing different passages, but okay. Oh, is that not the one? Okay, so anyways, there was a passage you talked about. Matt, yeah, John 8. Was that John 8? Well, it depends on which which you're talking about. So so in John 8, Jesus, Jesus talks, uses this phrasing about I am, um, and, and they pick up stones to stone Jesus after he says, before Abraham was, I am. Okay, not that one. So the other one where um, he is before the, he's talking to the Pharisees or the high priest. Uh-huh. And they said uh, the same thing, and he says, basically, I am him, and then he flees. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So Mark chapter 14, 61 through 65, I think you yeah. talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, my question was, though, um, it, if they were looking for the promised Messiah, uh-huh. and it looked like, I mean, he was checking off a lot of boxes. Yeah. So why, and they're asking him, are you the Messiah? Why would they, if he answered the question, yes, I am, I am the Messiah. Right. Why would they freak out so much if that's what they're looking for? I don't understand. If they're looking for the Messiah, they know what they're looking for. <laughs> well, they... Well, do do they know what they're looking for? I'm not sure. I'm not sure they do. As a matter of fact, I think, you know, again, this is this has been repeated many times. Um, um, this, yeah, this has been repeated many times. But you know, they they were looking for a political leader. You know, somebody even to, the religious, like, oh yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Um, and and they were, and you even think about some of the prophecies which we'll get into this next month. Actually, you know, related to Jesus, like Isaiah seven. Uh, for example, you know, uh, there will be a child born to a virgin, that whole thing. Um, there, were, there were previous partial fulfillments of that um, prophecy, for example, that were very much political. Um, even just a couple chapters later in Isaiah chapter nine, so so you have so you have some of these prophecies uh, in the Old Testament, and the way that works, um, oftentimes is there are partial fulfillments, or you know, kind of like these hints at fulfillments throughout history, and and then, and then there's the ultimate fulfillment, which is found in Jesus Christ, like some of the, some of these. Um, predictions of a messiah and so and so they were so even early on there were some partial fulfillments that were very political in nature and so it's not weird really that they were looking for a political leader to come and, and to and to free them from from rome um rome's rule and that kind of thing because so, it seems like yeah even a lot of the teachings of heaven and stuff are from the new testament and jesus so i guess that kind of is fair in a lot of ways to assume that Okay, there's, we, we always think, well, it's the, there's going to be a new kingdom where yeah. you know, Christ is going to reign. Yeah. Obviously, that makes sense. Yeah. you got to come here and you got to die and pay for sins first, mm-hmm. and then you're going to set up your real kingdom eventually. Right. But I think it may be, to be fair to the Old Testament leaders and yeah. Pharisees, that maybe they didn't see that. They, they didn't always see the teachings of heaven. Yeah, well, and, and I wouldn't even say of heaven, but there, there was that, that's definitely there in the Old Testament too, though. Um, but it's more like the new heavens, new earth kind of thing and, and, and Christ's eternal kingdom. And you think about that, that's political too. So there, there's still a political fulfillment of kind of the of 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 this Messiah, right? And that's still in the future where there's a, a complete political overhaul, if you will, where where Jesus is the one who reigns, and that's it. He will be king. I mean, even think about the the political nature of saying uh, Jesus is king. Mm-hmm. That that's a political statement, um, very much so. And which you know you think about and Kanye West, of course, isn't that his the title of his yeah, album, yeah, yeah. Jesus is King, or something like that? I think so. Yeah, I think I think it's Jesus is King, right? That's a political statement. That he's King of Kings, right? You think about even his death on the cross. You know, here's the King of the Jews, right? There's, mockery, it, was a, there, yeah. it was mockery, but it it was political. And so there's a very real sense, you know. And Jesus, when he was asked about it, he just said, "My kingdom's not of this world." It's a different kind of kingdom. It's a but, but it's very political. Which seems like escape, like a oh, isn't that convenient? You know, so convenient. Yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's 
Yeah. But, but and, and part of the reason of that, the political thing, you think about it, the political fulfillment of, of, of God's eternal kingdom and, and how appropriate that is given, I mean, even right now is, you know, we're going through all the impeachment hearings for, for Donald Trump and we go, man, governments are screwed up in this world. Like they're supposed to be the arbiter of what is, what is good, right? And, and, and to bring justice, that's what they're supposed to do, Romans 13. Um, but they're fallen and they don't do a good job of it. And, and we always think the next president, the next king, the next whatever is going to do that. And we're always disappointed um, and because their name's not Jesus. Yeah. Right. Like that's, but there's a fulfillment to that. And so I think, um, you know, that's, that's pretty significant when you think about who Jesus is and why it matters that he's divine, by the way. Mm. You know, I like the, the, can you, you kind of talk about just Jesus doesn't immediately just take over. You know, yeah. there's always a plan. There's always a, yeah. there's something coming, you know, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, which is why I always, you know, I'll look at a passage like when, when they do pick up stones to throw at him yeah. and he escapes. Which is Matthew, Matthew 8, by the way. Oh, it was? Okay. Or, I mean, well, John 8, sorry. So John when he escapes. Yeah, he so, slips away. So he slips away. Yeah. Um, well, I always, I always had a, like, why not just go after him? You know, <laughs> why, 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 why sneak away? You know, but I guess there's, I mean, it's probably not perfectly easy to answer, but. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's too bad. I mean, you think about, there's a lot of things like, remember when he did his first miracle, mm-hmm. right? Turning water into wine, right? It's his first miracle. And, and, uh, his mom comes to him. Power of moms right here, by the way. Right. His mom, God's mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not a good way to say it, but, uh, <laughs> but anyways, you know, Jesus's mom, you know, Mary comes and says, Hey, you know, take care of this, which is, it's amazing to, for her to think, Oh, Jesus can fix this. Right. Like, like what caused that thought? But anyways, she thinks, she thinks Jesus can take care of it. And so, you know, he's the oldest of, of all his siblings and that kind of stuff. He does have siblings, half siblings. Um, and I don't know, she comes to him and says, hey, take care of this. They're running out of wine. And he turns water into wine, but he, he kind of fights against her and, and, and says, what? It, this is, it's not my time yet. So there's, there's a, a sense of, of timeliness to the ministry of, of Jesus, well, in John chapter eight, it wasn't his time yet. It wasn't wasn't time for him to be sacrificed yet. Okay, and so he slips away. Gotcha. And, and so all things in God's timing, right? God's and you know you even go to, to Peter where it says God is not slow in keeping his promises, right? But he's patient, not not uh, so that none would perish. And so there's a timeliness to it. He's being patient. He's waiting for the right time. There's a time when he will return. We don't know the time, but Matthew chapter 24 gives us um, some signs to look for, some things to look for, and some signs not to look for, by the way. And one of the signs not to look for that everybody looks for is war. I don't know. I don't know if you... Oh, really? Yeah. Because everybody's like, oh yeah, it's getting bad and there's more war. And actually it says in Matthew 24 that this will pass and, 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 and time will not be. And so, and so everybody's always looking, oh, it's war, war is getting worse, you know, when wars come up and they go, oh, Jesus is going to return soon. It's like, no, that's not what it says. You need to go back and read it. But anyways, that's sidebar. Gotcha, gotcha. Little, got that, got soap, that one for free. A little soapbox there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't ask that question, John. You just uh, answered it. Anyways, yeah. um, you know, I, I've always had a, a problem when it comes to, you know, these People who follow Jesus for selfish motivations, and I'm sure I do it a lot. You oh, know? I'm yeah, sure none of us do that because yeah, all of us yeah. are like, I love. I'm yeah. not following Jesus because I want to go to you know be be part of new heavens and new yeah. earth and avoid hell. That's not at all. No, no, I'm no. I'm a, I am a totally uh, selfless, uh, dedicated follower. Yeah, all the time, hundred percent. No, yeah. no, we do. I mean, I mean, I get annoyed when I do it too. But you look at the, in the uh, times of Jesus when he's he's performing miracles, and you and you talked about 
miracles were one way he he proved him his divinity, right, by doing those miracles. Well, yeah, I mean, I gotta be you gotta be careful about that, right? Because I don't think because other people did, have done miracles. Sure, the disciples did miracles. Now they did it in the name of Jesus. But there's definitely a confirmation. I can't do miracles. I certainly can't do them in my own name. Um, you know, now maybe I, I, I guess I should I should qualify that. Maybe, you know, God could use me to do miracles. I could pray for somebody's healing, for example, and they could be healed. And I've been part of some things like that where um, usually along with others where people have been prayed for and healed and things. But but those aren't my miracles. I'm not doing those miracles. Yeah, yeah. God's doing those. I just, you know, maybe played some small part. Ve- maybe the vessel that he uses or something. Yeah. 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 But, so you, but you'll see that. You'll see. I mean, you, you talked about how how we, that is one way that confirmed, you know, that is, is yeah, miracles. Yeah, well, I think this Sunday is is the ultimate confirmation. Yeah, I saw the, uh, the sermon on that. What was what's the next question called? Uh, did Jesus rise from the dead? Okay. That's what it was. I saw I saw it on Facebook or yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is a, by the way, Sunday's, man, if you want to invite somebody to church. It's going to be a good one? This is going to be a good one. Right. I mean, I'm, not to say it, that the other ones weren't good, John. They were. Well, thank you. I, I A lot of people have really appreciated these, though. And I think a part of it is because, you know, it gives them that confidence that, oh, yeah, this is, there is there are good answers to this. And I just got to tell you uh, just ahead of time, um, the resurrection, man, as far as, as far as what we know about history uh, you got. You will be. I think. Uh, I think a lot of people will be really surprised at at, at how how much good evidence we have okay. for the resurrection. So that's a, that's a tough one. And I'm not. I'm not going to touch on a lot of it. I'm just going to very very. Anyways, I, I'm. I don't, I don't get into it. But I've been. I've been loving the preparation for it. So bring a friend. Okay. Um, but we're talking about just miracles, and and I guess maybe that's maybe you kind of answer the question. How does somebody who follow they follow Jesus and he does miracles for them? He's they see this happen, yeah, actually in in person, yeah, and then all of a sudden they're they're done with him. They they turn their back on him. The, yeah. fo- the followership, like Judas, or yeah, or just even just the crowds, because you know there were crowds yeah. and crowds yeah. and crowds yeah. of people, and then all of a sudden the crowds are yelling, "Crucify him!" Yeah, or they yeah. just they just abandon him. Yeah, well, and Peter too. Peter, Peter abandoned him in his hour of need, right? Yeah. Um, you know, denied him three times, and that whole deal, right? Right when Jesus, you know, Jesus is on the cross, and Jesus and Peter's like, "I'm out of here, man. I don't want to be part of this." Um, yeah. Well, how do they do that? How do they see the miracles? And miracles, by the way, um, miracles. There's there's Craig Keener, a New Testament scholar, has done this research on miracles in in the modern day and like confirmed miracles, and it's like a couple volumes, like two books full of them, and they're just they're numerous. Miracles haven't stopped happening, um, but we view them differently. Um, anyways, but yeah, how do you do that? How do you see these miracles and then turn your back on them? I think, I, look, I think our, our hearts are predisposed to reject God. That's why. Probably, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it says in Romans 3, and, and Paul's quoting Old Testament passages out of Psalms and other places where, where he says, there's no one righteous, there's no not one, there's no one who seeks God, you know, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Like all, all of that's in Romans and, you know, and it goes on, like there's other stuff, right? And all that in Romans 3, and it's quoting these Old Testament passages and, and it's our hearts are not predisposed, our fallen hearts, I should say, are not predisposed to seek after God and to uh, want to follow him. And, and I think you see this. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just a couple people it was, and it wasn't only the crowds. It was the Pharisees. I mean, these were the religious leaders of the day. They knew the stuff that he was doing. Some big deal stuff. Yeah, yeah. this is big stuff, right? He's casting out demons and and he's, you know, feeding thousands with just a couple fish and loaves of bread and he's you know he's uh 
walking on water and calming storms and he, he making the blind see that have been blind their whole life. He's making people walk again that have been lame. Uh, you know, it, it's he's doing amazing, amazing things. Um, and they still reject him. So I, I, it just really comes down to the heart being predisposed not to seek after and receive God, but actually predisposed because of our fallen nature to I think reject sometimes, God. I, yeah, I agree. I think sometimes, too, it's like... When uh, when we when we receive the miracles, they're they're really a lot of times selfishly. At least I want this. I want you to to heal this. You know, they're really kind of self centered. So that self centeredness yeah. never really goes away. Yeah. And then it becomes well, if you're not going to give it to me anymore, then I'll just yeah. go somewhere else. You see that a lot. Or yeah. um, or sometimes we'll explain it away. Well, was that really? Because you know I've had that before. We're like, yeah. oh, that's kind of cool. You know, we pray for this person in their shoulder or whatever. Sorry about your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> but like everybody says my shoulder, my shoulder's their fine. Neck it's or whatever my neck. it is or, or whatever it is. Or even, you know, they're able to walk again. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, wow. Or the cancer is gone. It's like, but then you go, well, maybe, maybe it was just coincidence. I don't know. I mean, like you said, we can tend to, to, to go back into doubt pretty easily. Yeah. Well, and here's something interesting. You know, I had some people praying for my neck the other day and, and thought, um, Thought for for a little bit that maybe it was healed. Actually, you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so people were praying and 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 it was great. And they laid hands on me and prayed for me. And I'm actually, you know, even this Sunday, I'm gonna have the elders do that again, just praying for my neck to that it would be healed. Um, and because I and why do I do that? Because it's nice. Because I enjoy people touching me and then praying. No, because I believe God can heal it. Um, but I would want it to be for his glory. And if it's not for his glory that I be healed and it's not for his glory, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's up to him, but I'm still going to pray for it and I'm going to ask and he can heal. And I, and I got dramatically better after that, after they prayed and maybe that was an answer of sorts. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, but can I say that was a miracle? No, I, I don't, I can't. I can't for certain say Honestly, that. Honestly, yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I can't for certain say that. Now, look, if I go, if I get prayed for on Sunday and um, it's gone, know, all gone. of a sudden my, yeah. st- my strength and my arm returns the way it's supposed to, which is, is kind of the main measure of, of whether I'm getting better or not, uh, then yeah, I think I could probably proclaim that. Um, you know, but I've had, I've known people who have had things like that. I knew a guy who was, had a hole in his heart. And he was supposed to go get surgery and they had confirmed the hole and all those, I forget which test shows the hole, but they had confirmed the hole and he went in for his pre-op and the hole was gone after we, after the elders of the church laid hands on him and prayed for him. Yeah. I, like I've seen those things happen. Um, you know, there's confirmed miracles. So, so God can do it. God, God can absolutely do that. Um, you know, but he doesn't always. Yeah. And I like that. The honesty and the, the transparency and say, you know, he doesn't always do it. Yeah. And that, I guess the word, the. The heart needs to be. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, slay me, I'm still going to follow well, you. Well, I'm reading Job right now. So it's hard It's hard for me not to mm-hmm. like, you know, as far as, as my, mentality. Da- my daily reading right now, I'm right in the middle of Job. And, you know, he's got his friends who are basically preaching like a health and wealth gospel to him. And he's like, he's like, no, no, no. But he's not real happy with God either. But it's, he's having all these issues, but he's, no, it's, mm-hmm. you know, God's going to do what God's going to do. Uh, he's not, he, it's not, he's not happy about it. He gets mad, a little mad. Mm-hmm. But, God, uh, I think God puts him in his place. I love yeah. that. I love but, that passage. God, I haven't got to that part yet, but God mm. does. I mean, I've read it before. Yeah, you but, know you it's know, coming. You know it's coming. Yeah. But anyways, you know, so yeah, so that, that happens sometimes. So yeah, we're, you know, we're in the, in the questions and answers type uh, sermon series right now. And yeah. if you have any questions listening right now uh, that you've thought about and you, you don't know, have a good answer for, uh, yeah, email us, podcast. Yeah. 
at gfol.org, and John will get to you. John, there's a couple of questions that came in this week. Oh, yeah. Um, from Dave, I mentioned oh, earlier. Yeah, that's right. it, it kind of, uh, he had the one that kind of applied to the question I was asking. Yeah. But then he had a couple more. Yeah. Uh, first of all, and I don't understand the significance of this question, okay. but you might. So was Jesus buried in the Shroud of Turin? Oh, yeah. Uh, and if there is there a significance to this? <laughs> yeah, the Shroud of Turin is basically this shroud, this this burial clothing, burial cloth, if you will. Okay. And they found it, and it's got an image that, uh, how do I, how should, how should I put it? That is... Looks like Jesus into the cloth. That's probably not the right word, but it's imprinted somehow. Imprinted somehow into the cloth, and 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 they go and they found this thing, and they've done all kinds of testing on it, and um, you know, like what what caused this image to be put into the cloth, and it's some kind of you know radioactive type of thing that caused the image to be put in, and so some people are making the. Suggest or have made the, have suggested that maybe this was the burial cloth of of Jesus, the resurrected Savior, and so is this. So do we have it? Um, and I got to be honest with you. Like years ago, I would have said, eh, I don't know. It sounds kind of cheesy to me. I don't know. Okay. If it's, I don't know if it's really true. But as mm-hmm. they've done more and more study on it, I th- I think there's. I think it's at least possible, um, like reasonably possible, not mm-hmm. just like. One percent. I, th- I think there's a decent chance that this actually is the burial cloth of Jesus. Um, I wonder if I don't know much about this, and I think I've heard of it. Now that I look at it, I'm looking at it online right you, now. Are you googling it? Yeah, I just did. I was like, oh yeah. I wonder if there's something to the miraculous, you know, re- being born again. Yeah, you know, or coming back to life. There's some sort of the nature of it of because light. of the radioactive. Yeah, some yeah. sort of thing that like really, who knows? Yeah. Well, and that's exactly, and that's exactly kind mm. of what the theory is. There's a, one scholar who's done some, some study and research on this is Gary Habermas, 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 however you say his name. Okay. Anyways, and I'm going to talk about him on, on this coming Sunday, actually, because he's one of the foremost experts on the resurrection. And uh, he does something called a minimal facts argument, which I'm actually going to present on Sunday. Um, so, so come for that. Okay. Um, like I said, I'm really excited about this, but anyways, uh, but he, he's, he's looked into the crowd of, of Turin a little bit along with some other people, um, and legitimate new, you know, Christian Orthodox Christian scholars who, who think, Hey, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a reasonable chance that that's exactly what this is because we found, they've found burial cloths before. That's not a big deal. This one is different because it has this image kind of imprinted into the cloth itself. Mm-hmm. Almost and like an x-ray type thing. Almost like an x-ray yeah. kind of thing. Um, not exactly, but think of it in terms of, you know, because x-ray sees through things. We don't obviously get our image imprinted on our clothes when we get an x-ray. But but that some something like that, that where there's this radioactive what energy, I don't know, light, whatever it is that, that imprinted, kind of like a photography, you know, light. Yeah, like a negative image type yeah, thing. Yeah, like a negative like image that. kind of thing. And so and so I think there's even some scientific explanation that sounds like it could fit with mm. a resurrection kind of thing. You know what I like about this this just this topic, John, is because I think a lot of people might think that oh obviously Christians will just believe anything. Yeah. It's like, well, here's a pastor. I'm talking to a pastor right now <laughs> that goes, Well, I'm skeptical. Right. I don't know. You know, I want to be, I want you to show me. I'm not going to believe yeah. everything. I'm not going to say everything's a healing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do, I'm going to wait and let's just be smart and let's be, let's be wise and let's look at the evidence. Yeah. And I think that's a, a good thing to kind of disprove 
uh, to those who maybe don't believe that, you know what? No, there's a lot of evidence. And even one that the greatest things I always go back to is Josh McDowell, uh, evidence that demands a verdict. <laughs> that you're showing your age, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes, <laughs> he goes to disprove. Yeah. To disprove that Christianity. Was, oh, yeah, that was his goal, right? That was when his Josh, he was yeah. an atheist who was going to disprove Christianity and ended up. And he looked at the evidence and he said, no, Christian, this is. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's, it's cool. It's cool even to even watch you go and, and speculate and go, I don't know. Yeah. I want to really do my research first. I want to yeah. see what the evidence is. Uh, yeah. Second one is question he had was, did Jesus baptize anyone? Well, the answer is no. Okay. Um, Jesus never did baptize anybody. Uh, and, and you can imagine, I mean, there, I think there's probably some very important and good reasons for that. Uh, you can, you can imagine people going, Oh, I got baptized by Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and, and even, even Paul, you know, it, in the church to, or in his letter to the church of Corinth talks about the difference between, Oh, you know, people are going around and say, Oh, I got, I got baptized by Paul. I got baptized by Apollos. Right. Or that whole thing. And so there's kind of this tit for tat, like I got baptized by the better person, um, in some way. And so, no, Jesus never baptized anybody else, but he was baptized. Um, John the Baptist baptized Jesus, and we have record of that. And there was uh, a confirmation, if you will, by God, you know, when it says the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And and, and, and the Father, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Um, and and so, there, so he was, he was baptized, um, but, uh, but no, he never... We, at least that we have record of. Mm-hmm. And then, well, that's the thing too, is he even said, I'm not going to baptize you. He's not, Jesus said, I'm not going to baptize you with water. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah, maybe he said I that. that. I can't remember. I, I'm, not, I'm pulling stuff. Yeah, yeah I don't know, John. Yeah, stuff Sh- just out of the back of your yeah, head. Yeah, send in your uh, concerns. <laughs> to, uh, no. But, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think he said that actually. Okay, well, um, I'll have to look it up then. Um, and check it out. So yeah, yeah please. maybe I'm wrong on that, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not recalling that one. Maybe he didn't say that, but I don't, I feel like there's something in there that talks about that. You know, John may baptize you with water, but I'm going to baptize you with, with the Holy spirit. But, yeah. You will be baptized. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, is it going to send the Holy spirit? Yeah. Maybe, maybe some, I think so we're I probably think, getting it slightly off yeah, and that's yeah. why we're, we're Which, struggling well, with it. And let's just be honest that, yeah, we don't know for sure what yeah. we're talking about right now. Oh, but, <laughs> but, that doesn't mean we don't know anything. It just means it means Johnny pulled something out of midair. I just mid-air pulled something out of midair, really yeah, which is fine. It thinking happens. about it, and we're both responding to it. So, Johnny, um, any recommended resources? Oh man, yeah. I mean, there's. Uh, I think. I think um, there's a book called "Putting Jesus in His Place" that I think is really good. It helps us understand who Jesus was, um, understands his his uh, claims about himself, um, and not just his claims about himself, but how those things were confirmed confirmed in other ways. And we went through kind of some pieces of 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 that on Sunday. I didn't follow that book or anything, but um, but it's got really really great information about it that will echo what I said on Sunday and give additional information if you really want to dive into it, which I think you should. Everybody should should really dive into that at least once in their life. Read read a book like uh, Putting Jesus in His Place. Okay. Hey, real quick, John, I pulled up a Google search my uh, weird comment. Yeah. And uh, it's actually John the Baptist who said, ah, he says, so he says, I baptize oh, you yeah, with yeah. water. Yeah, I'm going to baptize you with water for repentance. Yeah. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, uh, whose sandals I am unworthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah, so so there was, that's why there it was a baptism, out of place. But not it was a like baptism. Me. I was like, eh, I don't think that sounds quite hey, something's right. wrong. So yeah, it was John the Baptist, but he didn't say Jesus was going to baptize 
with fire and with, Holy Spirit. Yeah, with fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so and, and that makes that makes water. a lot of sense. I think that's what we see on, on the day of Pentecost in Acts two, right? Yep. All right, John. So, what is the uh, big idea, the big takeaway this week? Ah, uh, the big takeaway is this: that God walked among us in the person of Jesus, the exact imprint of God's glory. That's why we worship Him. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.